WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Comet. Twenty twenty three was a big year for food in Boston. There were some exciting restaurant openings, some cool innovation, and some heartbreaking closures. We want to talk about it all, so today we're leaving the studio for a working lunch to look back on a year of Boston dining with the editor of Eater Boston, Erica Adams. We met Erica in Cambridge at one of her favorite spots to get a bite. Tell us where we are. So we are at Sicara in Central Square. This is a pizza place that does Canoto-style pizza. It's an offshoot of Neapolitan, so think like blistered, big, puffy crust, even just like more so ramped up. Let's do it. Hey, how are you? <laughs> For three? Yeah. Right, For the pizzas, could we do the pepperoni and the eggplant? I would also love to do the garlic bread. You can't go wrong with fried Brussels sprouts. Yeah. You can't yeah. go wrong. You can't go wrong with that. Really good. Sounds good. Let's do that. So we just sat down. We're in a nice little table for the back of the restaurant. And we're about to talk about a year in Boston dining for Eater Boston. So you have two ways to look back on the year. You have the Eater Awards and the Year in Eater. Uh, tell us about them. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. The Eater Awards um, is just kind of done by me as the editor. These are my own picks for the best new restaurants of the year, you know. And then the Year in Eater is an annual dining survey that we do where I kind of flip the questions back on everybody else. And I'm like, well, what do you think? Um, And so I reached out to about a dozen local media folks who I know are into Boston's dining scene, including the restaurant critic for the Boston Globe, Daryl C. Murphy, (laughs) a bunch of people who have written for me over the year, Eater Freelancers. I also run a survey on the site where readers can answer these questions as well. And then I put all of the answers together in a series of posts that run through the last week of the year. So with that... Let's get into it. All right, so we're going to do a lightning round for your Eater Awards. Mm -hmm. Ready? Yes. Best new restaurant? Rubato in Quincy. Best pop-up? Southern Pines Diner Car in Somerville. Best bar? Birds of Paradise in Brighton. Best night out? Grace by Nia. Okay, okay. Good picks. So from your year in Eater... What did folks tell you um, what their favorite new restaurant was for 2023? Yeah, yeah. So I had already put mine out there with Rubato. And then a lot of people said Comfort Kitchen, which if you haven't been, (laughs) yes, including yourself, if you haven't been to Comfort Kitchen yet and you live in Boston, it's just like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the biggest openings of 2023. It happened right out the gate. It opened at the end of January and it was just kind of off and running from there. And they were also in my Eater Awards, and the superlative that I gave them was the game changer. And the thing that I was trying to kind of push with that is, like, 
hey, this product was so long in the making for these guys, right? 10 years, how they did it, you know, it was such a Boston story of like taking over this place that had been vacant for years, having to go through that crazy permitting process, having to get a liquor license, get the city involved with that, just kind of doing it all. And then on top of it, doing the food that they wanted to do. Yeah. And I really like looked at that as like a turning point, right? Perhaps with how Boston's restaurant scene is, is looked at. Folks, get the fish. Go to Comfort Kitchen. Get the fish. Get the duck. The ice cream. Get up. Yeah. <laughs> now, what did you hear for best meal? Mm, best meal. One of one of my picks is what we had talked about. That trout. The the Zatar brown butter trout. Other like reader input ones. Somebody said the pizza from Sakara, where we are eating. We are about to get the pizza right now. Another one. Somebody said uh, the boat noodle soup from Dachshund in Somerville. That is a place. It's a mostly takeout Thai place in Somerville. What did you say for it? Yo, I went to Mei Mei a little (laughs) while ago, and I don't know if it's still on the menu at this time of this recording. Hopefully it is, because if it is. Go to Mei Mei and get the scallion pancake cheeseburger. Yeah. Incredible. Pure pleasure right here. Biting into it, the crunch of the pancake, the meat and the cheese. Yo, incredible. All right, taking a bite of this pizza, and we'll be right back. clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with Erica Adams of Eater Boston at Sikara in Cambridge. Boston has a lot, a lot to offer. Now, 
unfortunately, you know, for as much as it has to offer, not everybody gets to stick around, right? And especially we're talking about 2023 was, seemed to be the year where we were coming out of our pandemic bubbles, our pandemic shells and the caution, you know, people were coming outside and ready to get together and mingle with each other. Um, And there were a lot of losses during the pandemic, you know, and and, and some restaurants weren't around Mm -hmm. for for the reemergence, if you will, or, you know, perhaps a little bit after. So um, what were some closures that stuck out to you? Yeah. One of the biggest closures of the year was definitely in my home neighborhood of Jamaica Plain. It was El Oriental de Cuba. This place's Cuban restaurant had been around for decades. Like people had raised their kids in this restaurant. And it's right on Center Street. You know, it's just just, this really visible landmark of JP. And I couldn't believe when it shut down. I lived like right around the corner from the restaurant. And it just, it seems like one of those things that we'll never lose. It was super impactful, that closure. When you lose a staple like that, it's been around for decades. Another of the saddest restaurant closures, a couple of people wrote in to say Ashmont Grill in Dorchester, which I, yeah, that was another real neighborhood staple, kind of like El Oriental de Cuba had been around for decades. So that was very sad to see that one go. There was True Bistro in Somerville. This was a fine dining vegan restaurant and kind of like one of the only in the city, if not the only. Um, And they closed down after uh, about 15 years. And so, yeah, that was was a really interesting closure. And a lot of people were sad to see that one go in Somerville. What are some restaurants that surprised you this year? I really loved Lair House out in Somerville. Mm -hmm. Lair House. So this is a Jewish tavern and house of learning. Um, is kind of how they build themselves. But it's this really interesting community gathering place that also functions as a restaurant. And it got a lot of accolades as a restaurant. It was really fun to see. It's a nice place to just sit around and think about life and humanity and also have some really good Jewish food. Okay. <laughs> Lair House in Somerville. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so for my last question. Yep. What are your hopes for Boston's restaurant scene overall in 2024? One of my hopes for Boston's restaurant scene is to see more support for first-time restaurateurs and people who have good ideas and know what their projects know what they want their projects to be but need help getting off the ground. And so what does that look like in practice? It's places like Bow Market in Somerville or the Charles River Speedway in Brighton, too. I want to see something like that in, like, the beating heart of downtown Boston. And it's, like, just specifically be for people to get help. I know at Charles River Speedway, they, like, share a liquor license between all the businesses there. Oh, wow. That's a way to defray costs there. In a place like Boston's where it's so, so, so difficult to open a restaurant and get a restaurant up and running, we're going to need creative solutions um, if we want to see more people kind of like stepping out on their own in this way. Erica, thank you so much for coming yeah. through. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for putting us on to Sakara. This food is good. This pizza is good. We're going to chow down. Yes. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
That's editor for Eater Boston, Erica Adams. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. And special thanks to Sikara for letting us record today's episode in their space. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.